what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Just the West podcast. I'm your host, Just the West, and I'm here with, uh, well, my co-host, Camo, but I'm also here with uh, another guest as well, but I'll allow Camo to do the introduction. Camo, are you there? I'm here. Happy uh, happy Tuesday week. Was this week five already? We're on a week five, so my friend, yeah. it's been four weeks. It's been a month of football, yeah. and generally speaking, uh, for the most part, offenses are rough. Um, they're still trying to figure out some of the nuances as they head into the NFL season. But um, we are one week of football. Um, it's been awesome. And Camo, like like I said before, he said we have a new guest or maybe. Oh, yeah. Sorry, my bad. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, honorary guest to the pod. I think this is probably our, our second guest ever on the podcast. Um, but anyway, uh, well, Steve is, is a good friend slash neighbor. He lives about. 50 yards away um you know uh we uh we, we chop it up about the Niners and uh, you know football in general so it's uh you know welcome welcome to Just the West podcast it's it's circa 2017 um episode 100 and something something but uh episode 198 wow almost milestone 200 pretty soon I know so we're gonna we might reserve 199 yeah. talk about after the uh, Cowboys and yeah, yeah, that'll be a good one. Yeah. Wow, wow, the double century mark is a pretty, pretty big milestone, guys. So congrats on that. Uh, right. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, I am a born and raised Bay Area native. Grew up watching the Montana Young Years, so got really used to uh, Niners just dominating all the time. You had to watch that first uh, first possession of the games because you would miss the opening touchdown that they would always score. Yeah. Um, and it sort of feels like watching that right now with the team right now. Um, just the West, as you mentioned early on, offenses are rough. Things aren't clicking. But man, I feel like the Niners have opened up this year, unlike the previous years where it has been rough and slow. And you're just wondering, like, hey, are these guys going to get it? It seems like they are came out on fire this season. And it's, it's starting, to, starting to show as a team and as individuals. Just the West, do you have any... Uh, what are your thoughts on that? No, it, it's crazy. I mean, I think the last couple of years when they've been in the postseason, it's been nice. But as you saw, when the Niners lost at Philly in the NFC Championship, well, they played at Philly. And it would have been nice if they were at, were at home because they, correct me if I'm wrong, but they were undefeated at home. Big home stand at Levi's Stadium. But uh, with all things aside, you, you look back at those those losses early on when they played the Bears in week one with the monsoon going on over there. And then they they lose a, a stinker. Dropped it to the Falcons or something like that. Something, something ridiculous. They lost yeah. to the Falcons. They had a stinker Sunday night football against Russell Wilson, which is super annoying because Russell Wilson. Oh, yeah. That, that Denver game was bad. That was yeah. bad, right? So you fast forward to now. And so people are like, Hey guys, like these Niners, and this is where we're going to get into the standings. The Niners are four and zero, first place in the NFC West. But people criticize now. There's always something to criticize, by the way. But they're like, "Well, these are easy games. The Steelers aren't as good as originally anticipated. These are the games that they're supposed to win." But they didn't win these games last the last couple of years, to be honest with you, right? So, yeah. so we'll go ahead and talk about it. So the Niners are four and zero, and they they played. The NFC West matchup of week four, which was the Cardinals. And this was a Cardinals team that was coming off a triumphant win against the Cowboys. <laughs> so a lot of people were like, hey, man, like this, this Cardinals team is legit. 
and Manu, they, they played a pretty good game. I think at one point it was uh, they had back-to-back touchdowns, a touchdown right before halftime, a touchdown in the opening drive in the second half. Um, but the Niners did get it done because they they scored another, uh, I won't say a 30-burger, but they scored for the first time all season. They scored 35 points, 35-17. to 17. Uh, And then, uh, Stephen, from what I understand. 35-16. 35-16. 16, my apologies. Uh, you were at the game, right, Stephen? Yes, I was. Yes, I was. Okay. Got very lucky to attend in person. Um, yeah, where, what was your take on it? <laughs> the uh, the vibe the vibe in the stadium was uh, was always strong. I think um, just in general, the 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 crowd at Levi's in particular, with since the 2019 run, has has Levi's is is popping these days. So it's it, it was a lot of fun to be in the crowd and, and to see all that go down. Um, it was really weird because the Niners were doing really well on offense. They seem to be doing really well on defense for the most part. And the vibe in the game, the vibe in the stadiums was like, we should be doing really well and we're dominating. And to what you just said, they were. It was 14-0, 14-3 at some point. 21-3 it got to. And then it was like, you could stop paying attention and start having more fun, high-fiving around and just like getting, the, getting a few more beers. But what was it at the end of the uh, second quarter? Is that yeah. when the Cardinals went for the, that 99-yard drive? What was it? That's right. So they started at the one. It was great punts, great great job by special teams to pin them at the one. Uh, but they went, I don't, I don't know, 99 yards. And this was something that, um, you know, for, for Niner fans, to, to be honest, uh, give me a moment. Sorry, guys. Uh, if you give me uh, a moment to, to really review that, if you were to criticize that game, you, you would say that, hey, um, a great defense like the Niners – you allowed the Cardinals to go 99 yards. And even Nick Bosa alluded to that in the postgame interviews, just saying, yeah, that's pretty annoying. And that's something they, we got to work on. Uh, they only had one sack, Jason or Javon Hargrave, which is awesome. But uh, there's a couple shortcomings you can, you can make a case for. Um, Kamal, what were your thoughts about this game? Yeah, no, I mean, good points there. I think one thing you can't really dismiss is that this Cardinals team is probably the best one in three team in the league right now because they could easily mm-hmm, be, mm-hmm. I mean, at a minimum two and two, some could say three and one. I mean, I, you know, again, their quarterback situation is pretty shaky. Um, but again, they played hard, you know, the first three games of the season, they outplayed their opponents. They didn't outplay the Niners in this game at all, but you know, they did get close when it was what, 21, 16, right. When they scored the second touchdown, the, um, you know, and Steve, you can probably tell that people were getting a little antsy at that point in the game. Um, but again, you know, the box score shows kind of what the end result was. Uh, probably was never super close. But yeah. this team is, this the Cardinals team is feisty. Um, they, you know, obviously are the ones, they're, everyone's expecting them to tank to get Caleb Williams. You know, actually, the Bears are so bad, they're going to get the first one and two picks. So it doesn't matter, really matter at this point. But anyway, they, um, you know, they're, 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 they're always, Cardinals and Niners always seem to play each other pretty well. Um, so, uh, yeah, how, how did it feel when the, the game got close there? I was, uh, they were making me do too much math. I mean, like, it was a funny story. In hindsight, in hindsight, the Cardinals only scored two touchdowns. They, they, they missed a two-point conversion. Like, like the 16 number is kind of funny. Um, it's not a score got me this time, so we've seen this, this overall score before, but... Yeah, actually, when when they so excuse me, so at the end of the first half is when they went eighty seven yards. The third quarter touchdown that they got was the ninety nine 
98 yard drive. That's what it was. Okay. Um, and, and so that was a six minute drive. Um, and, and that one was when they scored that you're like, okay, we've been having fun this entire time. We feel like we've been dominating. Like, why is it only a six point? Why is it a one possession game all of a sudden? Um, and I, there's always going to be like the restlessness in the crowd, but I think, I think it was that very next drive. It was a very commanding drive. Um, I don't know if there were any punts or, or any non uh, scoring possessions in between then, but at some point the Niners put some, put some points on the board and it just kind of a raffle stomp after that. You know? And mind you too, the Cardinals, they went for it a couple of times on fourth down great run by Joshua Dobbs. Um, at first, he thought he was short. They challenged it. They kept him going. Um, fake punt an, another time to, to get the first down. It, it was one of those things where they really had to claw to scrap. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, the Cardinals knew that uh, you're going up against, uh, you know, by theory, a Super Bowl contending team like the Niners. You're going to have to do these things like that. And, you know, Jonathan Gannon, first time head coach for the Cardinals. But he also knows the Niners. He was the the Eagles defensive coordinator. And it had their number last year, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. You, you can talk about that. So I thought it was a great showing about the Cardinals. If anything, it, it's nice to see Michael Wilson, a third-round pick from Stanford, mm. had two touchdowns. There you so, go. Uh, and, Camo, obviously we're on a pod. Can't see it uh, for, for our loyal listeners, but I see that our boy Camo is rocking a CMC 23 jersey. Oh, oh nice. It's the first time we've brought up his name, um, you know, Four touchdowns. Four touchdowns. Yep. I didn't even see how many yards, but yeah. 175 total, 177, something Crazy. ridiculous. Like, fantasy, fantasy stud. Crazy, I mean, yeah. It, no. It's interesting because Debo came in hurt, you know, Definitely. ribs, knee, knee injury and all that. So he was used mostly as a decoy. He had three carries, but instead of, you know, Ayuk had six targets, six oh. catches. Ayuk had a monster game too. <laughs> monster game. Crazy. And then the other receptions, honestly, because Kid only had one catch. Yeah, you saw one just target, more CMC, you saw more CMC. You saw Jordan Mason with the catch. I was like, oh shit! Like they're they're I mean, spreading it out. We yeah. could spend a half hour on CMC kind of love love fest about everything, how great he is, and how perfect he is for this team. But like, I think I was just listening to some sports talk radio, just talking about like how he's such a unique back in the fact that not just pass catching and being able to run through tackles, but like being able to like get small when he needs to between the tackles, you know, to, to get the extra yards or he could spread out and get wide and be shifty and do that. It's crazy how he's so versatile in every aspect. Um, you know, the biggest issue obviously is just going to be the wear and tear over time. But, you know, I think that he, he is, he is this, I mean, again, he's up for MVP convention, with 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 obviously the the backing to prove it um wasn't this the record didn't he break jerry rice's record for most consecutive games with a touchdown for niners yep 13 games 13 games broke yeah. the record and uh, it's crazy because the only t- game he didn't have a touchdown was the game against the chiefs when they just acquired him everything just started. like two days before yeah <laughs> i think it was um 18 games he's played with us 18 touchdowns he just oh shoot okay touche Point mass point monster every single time. You know. I mean, like and the and the ways, right? What throws a touchdown at like receiving touchdown. Oh, yeah. I mean yeah. Jimmy Jimmy G gets a lot of flack for no deep balls, but there was that it was might have been like that first game uh 
Oh, it was a Rams game where where CMC went up and just caught it like full extension, hands up above. Just amazing. So he just can do it all. It's it's ridiculous. Um, I think Kmo, you 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 call it out. I think it's the the durability issue and and the fact that there's been a couple games where I mean we've scoring thirty each on average. Our opponent's scoring fourteen, yet CMC is still getting all the carries at the end of the fourth quarter, and so. You know Elijah Mitchell, all these other guys. I think Elijah Mitchell was hurt this game, but like, you know, halfway halfway through the second half, I was like, man, are we going to see the other guys, or is this, is this just CMC till 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 it's done and we win? <laughs> and it's always interesting too because they they ask Shanahan the same question every week. Like, you really use CMC quite a bit, and he always says like, well, like at the time it was still a close game, and I don't want to. I don't want to get cute with it. And he always references that first game a couple of years ago against the Lions where they were up three touchdowns, puts the starters away, and then they, they almost lose that game. He always alludes to that. And that he, ever since then, he's like, I will play my guys. But to an extent, we'll, I guess we'll find out, right, as the season goes on. Because uh, CMC, he's getting pretty much like Carolina Panthers sort of a mileage. Like early on in his career, he, he they used him all the time. He got hurt. Yeah. And then, you know, uh, that is a concern moving forward. So having said that, uh, any other thoughts about this game? Uh, a big shout out to the Cardinals, though. They, you know, for, for the most part, they were in the game up until, uh, I think, the fourth quarter. They didn't score. The Niners had two touchdowns, and that's all she wrote. Oh, but, there, um, there, there's a couple. I mean, like, we we can't not. We only mentioned uh, number Number eleven, Ayuk just just mm-hmm. once here in, in passing. Yeah. Uh, I think Kmo, I, I texted you like during the game. I was like, or right after the game, I was like, this guy just had a monster game. And I think yeah. um, it's it's not often uh, be, being you can see a lot more of the game when you're like at home and just you're used to the views and you can get a get an idea of how far the ball went and that kind of stuff. But um, this is one of the rare times where you just have no appreciation for just like how far he threw it, how far in advance of Ayuk even looking for the ball, let alone making a break. Ayuk turned around and spotted the ball just in time and snatched it out of the air. It was one of the most amazing uh, pitching catches that I saw these two have. And I think it was that one. And then what really made me text you, I think, Kamo, was uh, the back shoulder. That back shoulder one. I do remember watching that. Oh wow! It feels good to have a quarterback, yeah, that can uncork that. Because you watch it happen against our defense all the time, and you're like, "Oh, we don't throw this, right?" So it's 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 uh, oh man, Ayuk is a monster, and he's uh, I don't know, he's 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 up in he's leading the league in something like yards per uh catch or something, something something ridiculous. Having this one game. Um, I think he'd be leading the receiving yards if he uh, had, had actually played that game. Um, this guy's being set up for a monster year, and it's almost to the point where if CMC is getting that many touches, if Ayuk is getting the long bombs, like is there enough balls to go around for the Kittles and the Debos and Juice, right? So I think like everyone, everyone's content and happy, and I think um, you know in terms of. The overall wear and tear on the rest of the team is maybe maybe this is the way we get to the season, and everyone can any one of those guys of the five eligibles can step in and take over a game. And that's the interesting thing when, when you play the Niners too. You can't pl- you have to play them straight up. You can't double one way or the other. 
Um, and that's why, you know, being 4-0, for the most part, um, B.A. is hurt one game, Debo steps up. Debo plays this game, he's not 100, but B.A. steps up again. So um, you're just seeing that sort of versatility amongst the offense. And, you know, it, it's fun when you have a Kyle Shanahan offense. Uh, oh, yeah, I think, baby. I think another point to make as well is that, like, even like you said, like, uh, Debo was kind of banged up. Kittle only got one target, but like the offense is clicking and they're doing the other, like di- the dirty work to make the playmakers su- succeed, like blocking. Did you see like the blocking when CMC had that, he hurdled that one guy? The, he just like, all, like, like, use check, Kittle, everyone was like taking on like blocking assignment and just like paved the way for him to score in a, in a, in a situation. Similarly, with like, Making that was just a playable for for yes, the flats too. Yeah, exactly. Broke it through. I agree. I was just I was just thinking about this as well. We haven't really talked about Purdy as much. Obviously, like obviously he's on this crazy run right now. Like who who does he kind of remind you guys of in terms of like is he more of like is he like a like a Steve Young type guy? Is he more of like Jeff Garcia type? Like what do you, who does he remind you guys of? I haven't even talked about his stat, which is crazy because I mean he's only been. It's not even a doesn't doesn't even have a full season under his belt. Doesn't even have a full season. Uh, does not even have a full season. But this kid just went twenty for twenty one. Twenty for twenty one. Two hundred eighty three yards and a passing touchdown. But like they allude to Steve Young, he did it. But he was like seven years into his career. Alex Smith did it, but much later on, uh, this kid's doing it at a very early age. And I think some of the comparisons too, going back to he's small, he doesn't have the strongest arm but now you're hearing comparisons of like drew Brees in that sense where he has this aptitude about knowing what's going on on the field and having that feel of, of where to find his receivers uh mm-hmm. what do you guys think i don't know um one of the one of the records that birdie Bert, just broke was in fact steve young's accuracy record for a single game right so right. that that in itself is is amazingly ridiculous considering how accurate steve young was over the the arc of his his career um you know keeping keeping in the niner family like i think jeff garcia was always a uh, interesting quarterback um maybe in stature and maybe in, in terms of like needing to get the whole body into the throw type of thing but i like the uh i like the drew Brees analogy um you know i think uh there's been a couple couple other quarterbacks coming out of woodworks and and, and singing the praise of purdy so i think uh um Aaron Rodgers recently just just uh said something on on one of the one of the media casts um but yeah I think I think most apt is in terms of anticipation and and finding the right person at the right time in terms of this the schedule of the play I think I think the Drew Brees comparison is really really close yeah crazy the maturity's there not even a full season and pretty crazy that's crazy pretty old and we're still at this weird point honestly guys like He's been doing so well, and we're expecting a downfall because he's going to lose eventually. Yeah, yeah. going to throw a pick. You know, he's he's going to struggle. But you know, you guys are Niner fans. I can understand why everyone feels very, you know, very very much on the vacation phase of like enjoying the, this sort of play. Uh, but outsiders, uh, Eagle fans, Cowboy fans, like they don't know really where to put him because they want to. You want to give him his flowers, but. At the same time, too, it's the Shanahan offense. Um, he's got a great mm-hmm. run game, obviously, with CMC. So 
it, it's a mixed bag and you see it amongst like everyone from first take to pardon the interruption like what to really make of this kid right now it's a uh, chicken or the egg is it the system is it the quarterback i mean is it his his receivers there's it, it, always a balance of system versus this is like pure talent quarterback um i think i think both choices don't get enough credit i mean the system is a system it's been in place since shannon has been here since 2017 and if you go back to 2017 there's some pretty piss poor seasons in terms of like overall win records there so I really don't think it's just a system thing. Um, but when the system has top five, top three defense and your system just has a CMC transformer can do anything like, I mean, besides that first KC game, I don't think Christian McCaffrey has lost a game where he was able to keep his starting quarterback. Right. They have not lost since they got CMC. That is ridiculous. I mean, as Purdy sure, yeah. gets a lot of credit, but like yeah. part of that win record is Garoppolo's, right? Like, mm-hmm. like CMC has been the difference maker, and it's just been wild ever since uh, he became a 49 er Yeah. And I still remember at the time when the, they made the trade, it was very much like, wow, you just tra- traded away four draft picks for – a running back, but not just a running back, an injured running back on a shitty team like the Panthers. They're just, you fast forward to now, it's, I think ESPN gave them like a C minus on, on the, yeah, they did. They did, right? <laughs> so. Hindsight's way too easy to, 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 to call it out, but yeah. So it was it, Halloween it, last year, right? Was it a Halloween night? It was in October. Yeah, right around that time. I, I think so. Um, you know, on a side note, I think I was at a bar. Um, I, I do. I remember. Yeah. And then a bunch, of, <laughs> a bunch of my boys are like, check out this tweet by Adam Schefter. I'm like, no shit. Yeah, dude. I mean, I I had Stanford football season tickets for a lot of years during the CMC era there. So I saw him like all the time. And I I remember when he came up with a draft, like the Niners need to draft this guy. He is down the street or up the road, whatever. It's like <laughs> they need to get him. And then went to the fucking Panthers. And then, you know, so when he came back, it was like, oh my God, it didn't feel real. Yeah, yeah. Who did we take that with that pick? I think it was a, it's an arm like some defense. I mean, we always take defense, so someone on D line. Forget who it was. I think it was Solomon Thomas that year. Yeah, Solomon Thomas. Mm. I mean, you know, <laughs> that's that's uh. We, we had a whole other pod about uh, about busted uh, draft picks recently, Steve. So you know that that's for that's for another day as well. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah, but no, it's it's uh, Lynch's philosophy to D-line, D-line first, or the Shanahan Lynch philosophy. So. Just, uh, just the West's uh, favorite, favorite Niners pick of all time is Glenn Coffey. That was his favorite uh, his favorite player. Oh, no, man. I'm uh, just kidding. I would rather hear that name in a bit, but yeah, no, I, I do remember him. He was... I remember when you drafted him, you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> he ran hard. I actually remember him. What oh, he ran happy, but then he just quit after like whatever, like two weeks. He went to the Army, I think, yeah. Something happened. So, <laughs> all right, guys. Well, hey, uh, Just the West is a NFC West podcast, so we can talk. Oh about yeah, forgot. The all right. teams at hand. So you have the oh, yeah. There's other there's other teams. In it's the not a it's not a homer pod. There are other teams, guys. But uh, so the Niners are four and zero. Obviously, um, Cardinals for one three. Uh, another game that was interesting was the morning slate game, which was uh, the Rams at Colts, and so this was a game that. You know, you had the Rams. I think they were favored by one, or maybe the Colts were favored by one. But it was a close game. 
in the sense that Anthony Richardson, he was coming back off his concussion. And early on, too, I thought that Rams had a cakewalk. Um, they were, I think they started the game up like, uh, let's go back to it. They started the game up 20 to 0 at halftime. 20 to 0 at halftime. Nice. Rams Twitter just talking about Kerryon Williams. He had two touchdowns uh, the first quarter. Stafford looked good. Um, yeah, I mean, they were, they were doing the damn thing. But then you saw Anthony Richardson, and this is what I alluded to on the previous pod. You know, these Rams, this front seven, these linebackers, they're they're cool, but they're not athletic, athletic per se. And you you saw that uh, on display. Anthony Richardson got hot, tied the game in the fourth quarter, and they went to overtime. Okay, and interestingly enough, I mean, uh, for all intents, what was the what, what was the switch that happened at halftime where? the Colts came back so to be quite honest uh, that if you want to do a a showcase of why Anthony Richardson in terms of his ceiling over other quarterbacks like Bryce Young who was the first overall quarterback you check out that second half there was one particular play that I when I watched Aaron Donald had his lower body and he was about to go down and he just willed it he threw a 45 yard lob over on third down It, it it was incredible it was incredible. And not saying he did plays like that all the time, but that second half, Anthony Richardson just willed their way back into contention because they were down 20 to 0 at halftime. Um, most people thought that this game was at hand. Um, but no, they, they came back. They came back in the second half, roaring back, and they got into overtime. And this was a game where the Rams, in games past, you were waiting for the Rams to get their run game on and, you know, balance the attack out. They did. Uh, Kerryon Williams had 25 carries for 103 yards and two touchdowns. Like they wow. did, they did their job. And you're talking about, I mean, potential rookie of the year, Puka Nakua, nine <laughs> catches, 163 yards. But that's where we get to overtime. Eight play drive, and Puka Nakua gets his first touchdown of the season to seal the game. I didn't realize it was his first touchdown. Yeah, all know, the catches. Crazy. All the catches. <laughs> he's just been getting all these yards. He's been breaking records for receptions and just ascending uh, amongst all, all the rookies for that matter. But how sweet it is to do it not only in overtime, but the game-winning touchdown. And that's your first touchdown as a Ram, as an NFL player this whole time. And it was it was, it was glorious, guys. Ramley. Ramley. Yeah, as much as it it kills me to to be happy for for a Rams player, yeah, uh, that, that rookie is is something special. It was pretty. Uh, I mean, he just he was the only thing that was like making our day really bad when we were, we were playing them. Uh, but man, he put up nine catches, buck sixty three. That's that's made he, only ten targets too. So it's okay, Steve. Um, you, you'll learn. Uh, Justin West is a, is a closet. Um, LA fan, sports 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 fan. He's a big like Lakers fan and secretly likes the Rams as well. So you know, he's, he's happy for the for the kid. I like all the NFC West teams. Okay, Kmo. Oh, right. oh, I like the Cardinals, the Niners, the Seahawks. Just <laughs> as equally, okay. All right. Well, he, he really I, 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 I clearly didn't. I clearly didn't watch watch this game. So that's why I'm going to straight up just ask the West. So um, I remember Kyron Williams running pretty well against the Niners. Was he having the same success in similar fashion? What, what was it that was, uh, cause I mean, I don't, the offensive line of the Rams isn't anything to like write home about, but no, was it, I, that, was it 
it was it was a lot of good, and you know this is why it's good to have a more balanced attack because you can't have Stafford dropping back like sixty times a game. That's like not good football. You're not going to win most games like that. Stafford he dropped back forty times, which is still a lot, but not as bad. Uh, but you know, Karen Williams is, is a guy where if you get him in space, um, halfback delays, screens, you know, things of that nature. I won't see very CMC like, but you know, he's he's a um, he's a quicker back, and so he, he had some holes in in that sense. Um, you know, it was a game that, if you really look at it, I mean, Stafford, if you give him some time and he's allowed to cook, he will cook. Puka, nine catches, 163, but shoot, Tyler Higby, five catches at 64 yards. Tutu Atwell, five catches. Like, you know, he, he they threw it around. Um, the, thing that, yeah. the thing that got the Colts back was Anthony Richardson and looking at the sets too. Uh, no Colts receiver had anything over 50 yards but anthony richardson also ran the ball 10 times for 56 yards and, and a touchdown himself so it's one of those dual threat quarterback um things where you know there's i won't say he's he's cam newton he's not cam newton but uh it's really tough for a rams especially a young rams defense to defend a quarterback like that 11 for 25 though there's only 11 receptions from the indianapolis team that's that's a yeah. rough going, man. That's rough. Yeah. So credit to the Colts. Made it interesting. Uh, but even more so, if the Rams lost this game after being up 20-0, like that's that's a pretty rough <laughs> pill to swallow. But they got it done in overtime. So win to win. Win to win. Onwards, uh, unless you guys have anything else, we can talk about what we just saw last night, which is I, I can't believe it, but uh the Seahawks just dismantled the Giants oh, on Nathan Night Football. Oh my God! Because I we just saw them the previous week on Thursday Night Football for the Niners home opener. They got a imagine being a Giants fan. You know, you, the game starts at eight PM. You have work the next day. Uh, the Seahawks get eleven motherfucking sacks on the Giants. That this was a no contest and. From what I understand, when I check the schedule too, the Giants are playing the Dolphins next, and then they're playing yeah, the right. Bills. It's brutal for these guys. But oh, uh, it's rough. Did you guys check out Monday Night Football? This was something. If you're a Seahawks fan, we're back, baby. We did it on prime time, and they—I mean, obviously—they look great. I only caught a, a few of the highlights, um, notably the the pick six that I think Daniels. Daniels through. Oh man, that one was rough. I might have I, I watched that highlight a few times, but um was it that I think that, that was uh that one his coach was laying into him after that pick six. Yeah, he flipped the tablet. He's just like, Do you see it? He's like, Yeah. And he flips it and he walks away. Yeah, it was it was bad. It was bad because I think that play you had Darren Waller on the other side uncovered. It was I think that's what he was alluding to. Like the best guy was Right there. So the, the, I think I just saw, I just, I think I literally just saw the highlight you're talking about, Gamebo, where he just yeah. tosses the, 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 the quarterback they're paying like 45 million to. <laughs> He's so bad. Yeah. So, and that's, that's a, um, a position where, you know, for the Giants, their earlier success last year, they beat the Vikings, they have success in the playoffs. You have an, a new head coach that's really taking this team you know, hopefully uh, places. And so for all intents and purposes, Daniel Jones was 
They didn't tag him. He was a free agent. But what are you going to do? You're going to let him go? Like you just you're coming off a winning season, so they were kind of cornered to to pay the guy. And they're paying him like 40 plus million dollars a year, right? And uh now it's uh I don't know. I don't know. Um Kamal, any other thoughts from from this game in particular? I know you're a big undercover Seahawks fan since you're from Seattle. <laughs> Not uh, from Seattle, but you live in Seattle for a couple of years. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I I didn't watch this game. Um but you know, yeah, I, I would, yeah, I would. I'm, I guess I was a little, little bit disappointed to see, um, you know, Jamal Adams get hurt again after being out for what over mm-hmm. a year. Comes back and, and he was having some some heated discussions with the with the side staff about the concussion issue. But yeah, it just seems like that guy just can't can't catch a break. He should be back next week. Uh, he only played like eight eight snaps, by the way, which it sucks because he had one really nice tackle early on but the Seahawks are still filling that trade right how many picks they gave up for him well not anymore because they got oh, plenty of picks from the Russell Wilson trade I'll tell you oh, that there we go. He made oh that's right that's right and going back to that pick six by Daniel Jones well the pick came from the rookie Devon Witherspoon number five pick the top yeah. quarterback he was yeah. the one that picked it off and he did you know that he also had two sacks he had two sacks, a pick six. Uh, I think he had like six tackles, three tackles for loss. I mean, he had a stellar. Gino got hurt in this game, right? Gino didn't even get to that too. Okay, uh, didn't even get to that as well. So like, he gets hurt. Um, who comes in? He gets knocked out. So he gets concussed. Drew Lock comes in, and then to end the second half, she had my knee giants, but he does a quick. He finds no offense in the <laughs> flats. Mm-hmm. Down the sideline. I don't know what, what the hell is going on, but Giants had like three, four arm tackles and he ran like 50 yards to get them right at the one and then they scored. Like it was, if you're a Giants fan right now, like you're looking at two Rough. NFC West teams back to back primetime games, just Niners and now you get the Seahawks at the end. When the Niners play the Seahawks, it's always a weird game. So whenever we play them, November 20th. That's soon, isn't it? November twenty third at Seattle. It's gonna be, that's gonna be spicy. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a little uncomfortable with them being three one. Mm-hmm. You know, their points for and against are pretty like, it, it, the only other NFC West team that has like a something to brag about points for versus points against. Um, there's something about Seattle, man. That's just never. They never go away. They never go away, and they're always going to be lurking. Always something. And I hope, I hope, I hope we don't have to battle them for you know top top of the standings, or you know, I just don't even want them to get a wild card, quite frankly. So, (laughs) well, I will say this. I mean, uh, you know, shout out to the Russell Wilson trade because you look at that and the hall that they've they've come in, and I think um, you know because of that Russell Wilson trade. Uh, they didn't really have to rebuild. They're they retooled, and right now they uh, they're looking pretty good. Yeah, I feel like DK Metcalf hasn't even had like a standout kind of showing yet. And maybe I'm entirely biased with my news, but I don't nope. feel like he's 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 gone gone crazy yet. And that guy's legitimate like monster himself, right? So, I mean, this offense honestly was not. I mean, for fantasy football perspective, not not so good. Geno Smith, he left the game. He had 110 passing yards. Drew Locke had 63, right? Kenneth Walker, he's been a stud. 17 carries for 79 yards, a touchdown. 
But yeah, the offense didn't really do much because they didn't really have to. It was the yeah. defense that had the show. And that's why this game was all, I mean, it was only 24-3, but it felt like it was like 50-3 to just by the dominance of, of this defense. They, they serve up sacks like nothing. Good Lord. And by the way, 11 sacks, that's a, sacks. Pretty sure that's a I'm pretty sure that's a franchise record by, by the Seahawks. And even uh, your boy Eric Armstead made a tweet, which was funny. Um, he tweeted, it was like, Daniel Jones, like, what what are you doing, man? Like, you were so, like, <laughs> you passed the ball so quick. We didn't get a chance yeah. to, to, to get you. But to the Seahawks, are you like, oh, my God, this, it's not fair. It's not fair. Obviously, you got a little bit of flack, but I can appreciate the the edge by, by Eric Armstead with that tweet. Well, that, that that's uh, a joke comes from somewhere though, and uh, not sorry, sorry for the Niner centric topic, but like, how many sacks does our D line have? You know, I don't know, man. Not much. Not much. The Niners lead the league in pressures. Pressures is usually a good predicament of sacks, but as of right now, uh, yeah, they they don't have as many. I think they have six sacks, but I think last year they had fifteen. Up to the stage through four weeks. So they're behind mm-hmm. the stats. Yeah. Good stat. Good stat. And then the Seahawks have 11 in one game for that matter. So I'm pretty sure the Seahawks right now, if if they're not the top sack leaders right now, they're like top five. Because they have to be up there. They have to be there. By the way, speaking of sacks, I mean, Khalil Mack had six sacks in one game against the Raiders. Oh, that's right. Which is crazy. It's crazy. Drake Jackson had three sacks against the Steelers. I mean, any any given Sunday, stuff happens. So, um, any other came out Seahawks fan? Any, any other thoughts about this game? This was a a good ass whooping by the Seahawks. No, no, not I can think of. Okay, okay. Well, who are they, who are they playing next? Let's onwards. Let's go on to to week five. So four weeks, one month of good football. Um, so we're at, I guess the quarterway mark into this season. So mm-hmm. uh, we have a couple of interesting games for week five. I'll go down. Uh, let's see. Let's check out the ten a.m. games. No NFC West games in the 10 a.m. slates. Uh, but interesting. Okay, so the Bengals are going to go to Arizona. Mm-hmm. And this is a Bengals team where I don't know what to make of Joe Burrow because he's definitely not mm-hmm. healthy. So bad. <laughs> right? Like, this is exactly what the Bengals need just to play a reeling Arizona team. Bengals, Cardinals. Off the top, what do you think the line would be for this? Ooh. Just Arizona's at home and they're playing like pretty, like, They've been in every game. I mean, every game. Yeah. The Bengals, these aren't the same Bengals uh, that, that you know, right? I'm going to say Arizona minus, eh, minus four. Minus four? Yeah. Okay. What about you, Steve? I was going to say minus three. Okay. So typically speaking, you know, if both teams are about equal, you usually give the home team three points, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So Bengals are favored by three. Oh, shit. Okay. So the big. Ba- <laughs> Just but th- I mean, mind you, like the Cardinals, they're still one in three. They have a one in three yeah. record. Okay, but the yeah, I mean, this is a game where the Bengals really like they need to get their shit together. Every everyone expects them that they're they're due for an actual performance. So. What, did, what did Jamar Chase say? Like I'm always I'm always I'm always I'm always open. Like, open. I'm always open. <laughs> I'll say it for you guys. I'm open. I'm always fucking open. Always yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he wasn't too happy losing to the Titans last week. The Bengals are one and three. The Cardinals are one and three. So it's not like the Bengals are like convincingly better on on paper, at least for the record. So I'll be intrigued to see because um, 
I, I might even I might make a play and take the take the take the Cardinals in this game. Then if that's that guy, that's going to be the line. So yeah. yeah. Um, shout out to John Gannon. He's got the Stephens playing. Yep. Really mm-hmm. So okay. Cool. Uh, an, another ooh another spot. I like Week Five. This is really great for the NFC West. Eagles Ooh. at Rams. And so this is an Eagles team. Obviously, they just came off a, a really tight game overtime against the Commanders, divisional game. Um, so this is their their road game. So they played at Washington. Now they're going to L.A. Um, what do you think this would be? Eagles at Rams. Very excited for this game. One of the, Probably one of the few times that I'm actually there to like do something i just the bitterness from last season is uh the i just it just cannot take the eagles winning more so i'm the, the niner homer in me hopes for the rams to pull it off um but quite frankly like the eagles are on fire and the rams i feel like are just on the cusp of like uncorking some really solid games i think this is gonna be one of the marquee matchups in that game. Yeah. What do you think the spread would be? There's no way the Rams are favored, right? Or what do you think the spreads? I think Eagles, what, minus five? Okay. What about you, Steve? Uh, I, I say this is, uh, this could be a coin flip. So what was it? Home gets home gets three points? Yeah, typically. So, so I'm, I'm taking... Eagles and Rams are... Do you think they're... LA, I, th- I think if... if if LA shows up and reaches, if, if they play a good, if they play up to their potential and the Eagles will likely play up to their potential, I think it's going to be an awesome game. What I don't want to see is a lopsided, you know, struggle fest on the side of the Rams. And like you, like you said earlier, just the West, like uh, the core back, dropping back like 55 times, just uncorking it. And, and by then he's going to, he's going to throw a few interceptions. This is be all bad. So, I just want fingers crossed for a good game, and you know, if I really uh, could have my way, they would uh, they would just tie. Okay. Well, right now the Eagles are favored by four. Oh, okay. So you know, but the, check this out. It's going to be at least Vegas is hoping for a shootout over under fifty one points. Mm-hmm. So very intriguing, and I'm looking forward to that game. But not so much in comparison because uh, there's one more NFC West game. The Seahawks, after dominating the Giants, they're on a bye week. So, kudos to them. Uh, Sunday night football. You have, drum roll, you have <laughs> Dallas Cowboys against the San Francisco 49ers, which is crazy because the series record, historically, 19-19-1. Okay. I found this on the web for the series record, historically. Um, Check it out. Oh, Sorry, Siri. Nope, not you. Uh, <laughs> 19 wins, 19 losses, one tie. So Sunday night will be the tiebreaker. Uh, I am excited for this game. And this is a game where everyone's going to be watching this game. I, I can't remember uh, a Sunday night football game between the Niners and Cowboys. It's been forever since we've had this. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. I mean, yeah. I mean, just like so much history between these teams going back, you know, 90s runs, Super Bowl, back and forth, like, yeah, and it's just because you know both the teams are playing well. Obviously, all the drama with the trade in the last you know, few weeks ago with everything going on. Yeah, this is an exciting game, but it's uh, 
you know, I don't think it's going to, obviously we're, we're obviously biased here, but I think just with how well the Niners are humming right now, the, the, and, and the fact that the Cowboys lost Trayvon Diggs recently is a huge loss for them. Oh, that was a big deal. Yeah. That was a big deal for the D. MIUT, so. the, the Cow, Cowboy fans are still talking a lot of shit right now because they just dismantled the Patriots. Mac Jones got benched in the third quarter. Patriots are <laughs> um, <laughs> But they did the damn thing. Like, they shout out the Giants uh, in the ho- in, in the season opener. Yeah. Hampled the Patriots 38-3. to They're feeling pretty good. Um, what do you think the spread is for this game, guys? I didn't even check. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Niners. I'm going to say Niners minus five again. Yeah, I was going to say six. Six. Yeah. Really? Okay. Okay. Well, uh, you might make some, you might want to make some plays. Uh, The the Niners are favored by three. Oh, Oh, wow. So a lot of people feel that this is going to be one way or the other. The Cowboys, they've been losing in recent, uh, in the recent series, but you know, I won't say that they feel that this is their Super Bowl, but this is a game where everyone's going to be bring their A game because they know how important it is. It's a big statement game. The Niners played the, the Eagles later on this, in the season, but this game in particular, especially so early, um, the Niners, they've, for the most part, at 4-0, Steelers, Giants, Rams, uh, Cardinals, all that pales in comparison to this matchup. So yeah, I think- on... Yeah. On paper, this one this one was circled, uh, particularly on well, our side because it's always the the NFC rivals uh, going way back. But the Cowboys have for sure have had this game circled on their calendars since the schedule had come out. Right. The bitterness and salt. I mean, they knew they were coming here at some point. It's just a matter of when they're they're coming. Um, and it is the first test for us. But really, this is this is their statement game. Uh, Sunday night football, the whole country is going to be watching. This is this is a time for them to all that smack talk that they've been doing this whole time, all the bitterness and how their last season came to an end. All that is coming to a pinpoint here, and I think it's a high drama, high entertainment game that I hope we have for us. And uh, I think as long as the Niners keep it rolling in terms of throws on time, the run game, our left, our right. That if we play our game, I think we'll be okay. Um, if we fall in the trap, and Dallas is clearly comfortable front running games and clearly able to finish them strongly. So we can't fall into a hole early. Um, but yeah, part of the game plan is to, to exactly go against that, control the ball, pound the rock. It's a big game. Great test for this offensive line. Uh, Steelers, you know, even though they lost, TJ Watts, you know, when you have stellar players of that echelon of, of stardom, TJ Watt had two forced fumbles, one recovered. So you're going to have Michael Parsons, Michael Parsons against Colton McKivitz or Trent Williams for that matter. But, um, you know, the stars are going to come out to play on Sunday Night Football. So we'll find out. Okay. Yeah. Onwards we go. So you'll be wearing your Trey Lance jersey right during for this game. Your and, for, and for those that don't know, I, I think have a retro style, 94, 95 style. Trey Lance jersey. Yes, I do. And uh now he's the third string quarterback for but by, by the way, they, even Jerry Jones and all that, they said that they've been tapping on Trey Lance, hopefully 
for some insights about you know the Niners offense and all that. So maybe, you know, maybe just, uh, just touching on Trey Lance real fast because we mentioned the Patriots getting trampled by the Cowboys and Mac Jones getting benched. Doesn't give you guys just a little bit of like vindication that like yes we 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 whiffed on the pick, but the fact that both Mac Jones, who the Niners were looking at, and Justin Fields are both playing horribly this year. Mm-hmm. Same draft class as Trey Lance. It's like it just wasn't a good wasn't a good a good year essentially. It was not a good draft year for quarterbacks. Draft year. And the weirdest thing about that that it was going into it that was supposed to be the draft class. Oh, yeah, it was supposed to be an epic draft class. Featuring obviously Trevor Lawrence, but you know, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, and everyone else in between. It was, it was supposed to be a star setting draft class, and here we are. Here we are. Is Trey the number two or number three quarterback? He was number three because Zach Wilson was number two. We didn't, mm-hmm. we didn't even talk about that. Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, Justin Fields, like, yeah, I think there were like four. I gotta double check, but at least four quarterbacks in the first round. So crazy. All right, guys. Well, any other thoughts as we head into week five? We, we good to go, fellas? Okay, well, I appreciate your time. Steve, thanks uh, for, for being a guest on the pod. Uh, don't be a stranger. Uh, maybe right. maybe I'll get you on after the Niners-Cowboys game because uh, you might have some amicable <laughs> or some frustrating thoughts. It's okay. That's why we have a pod. Voice uh, <laughs> our opinions and shoot the shit. But uh, to, to all the loyal listeners, thank you so much for checking out the pod, whether it's on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon or Google, Twitter at Just the West, Instagram at Just the West, and of course the blog www.justthewest.com. Until next time, fellas, we out here. Peace. Peace.